Well, seeing we're starting there, who doesn't have a Bible? There you go. One for you. One for... There you go. Cheers. Okay. Seeing we're starting there, um, I thought I'll start with a joke. It reminded me of a joke. Um, Lady passes away, goes to heaven. St. Peter there says, uh, look, pretty easy to get into heaven. You just have to uh, spell a word. Says, uh, says, what word would you like me to spell? He said, any, any word, that's fine. How about the? She goes, yeah, yeah, fine. T-H-E. Great, you're in. Great. She goes, oh, great, that's sensational. Sensational. Anyway, um, he says, well, look, but um, do you mind just minding the door for a little bit? Um, well, I just got to duck off to a few things. I'll be back shortly. Do you mind minding the door? She says, yes, no worries. She said, same rules for everyone? Yeah, same rules for everyone. Okay, great, great, great. Well, she notices her ex-husband coming along. Obviously, he's you know, passed away. And um, he says, oh, hi, um, what, how do I get into heaven? And she goes, oh, it's good to see you again. Um, um, she said, look, you just have to spell a word. And he says, what word do I have to spell? And she says, Nebuchadnezzar. Tough crowd, my goodness. Okay. Um, Tonight, for me, this sermon is kind of a culmination of a couple of weeks in my thinking. And I've been talking, haven't I, of um, resilience and um, more than conqueror. Those are the sort of the thoughts that have been going through my head. Now, someone said to me, if you choose to wear lycra again, I won't come back. Um, and they teased me about shaving my legs. They thought I'd shave down for the, for the race. But uh, no, that's just the way they are. Okay. It's a bit awkward. But, um, but um, yeah, so... I'm sort of along those themes, and I feel like this sermon kind of wraps it up in a sense, wraps up the thought of the thinking. Um, yeah, and um, really about the resilience in our life. That's what I want to talk to you about, one of the things I want to talk to you about, and sort of wrap that up. Because many of us get sidelined too easily. Now, I need my son here, seeing he's decided to stay in. Now, you're not going to heckle me tonight, are you? I want you to come and lie down here. Do you trust me? Lie down and don't move. Okay. In the middle there. Some people, as they run their race of life, people come along. And they are like little hurdles in their life. Some people are able to jump right over and keep going. More than conquerors. Nothing stops them. But for other people, stand up, Josh. Other people, they come along other people and things they say or do in their life and they try and get across it and they can't get across it. it they, they get tripped up and they get, they get knocked out of the race. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Sit down. Good job. Clap. Well done. There you go. Take a bow. Oh, there you go. Oh, it's going to say, it's a hint. Take a bow. That's a good one. Good hint for the when she's a fairy. Sorry. Anyway, good. Okay. Um, some people get very easily sidelined in life. Just something that someone says, some, the way someone looks at them. I remember, um, I won't use names, but I remember I was sitting out on the couch one day and a um, um, guy from TRS, a new, new fella in, um, was really worked up about something really small. And uh, someone who'd been along the journey a bit longer said, mate, if you're going to get worked up over that, you're never going to make it. Like, and I think that's a good word. I've got to say... He didn't get over it, and I don't see him here today. 
So I, I do think there are many times, even uh, for everyone, that simple things can sidetrack us and sideline us, just knock us off our path and get, get us all caught up in that sort of stuff. I know that someone in this room, now he's not looking, when he runs his race, when he's running with other kids, a little bump or an elbow and he's down like a soccer player. He's just over and he's like, oh, oh. Just, if he gets the hint that he's not going to win or something, he's, he's off, he's out. Not talking about you, Josh. <clears throat> New South Wales supporter. You've got to use that. Okay. So I want to talk about um, being an overcomer. I talked about being more than a... More than a conqueror. Can we say it so louder? More than a... Conqueror. More than a conqueror. Not just a conqueror, more than a conqueror. We've been talking about that. Um, God wants us to prosper in life. God wants us to be successful. Now, I don't mean um, prosperity in terms of getting that Porsche that I've always wanted, that red Carrera Porsche with the convertible. Not about that. God wants us to prosper, not for things to easily get us sidelined and take us out, trip us up, get us, knock us off track. God wants uh, um, us to prosper in life so that there's an overflow in our life an overflow of generosity that not just flows into us, but flows out to others. It's, um, it's a good thing to have an abundance because that means we can be generous. We're not, we're not needing help. We can give help. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. And I wanted to talk to you tonight. So in wrapping up some of those thoughts of the last couple of weeks, I wanted to talk to you about faith because faith breeds resilience in life. Faith breeds resilience. And God wants something, um, wants to do something in your life, something bigger than you can imagine. And it only comes through faith. He wants to do something bigger than you can personally achieve. Faith. Only done by faith. If you've got your Bibles there, I'm going to read Matthew 17. I'm going to turn to our Bibles a few times. And it's mainly Matthew, actually. It's a great little um, book of the Bible. If you want to start on a book... I highly recommend Matthew from start to finish. Um, Matthew 17, starting at verse 14. says this, When they came to the crowd, Jesus and his disciples, that is, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and he's suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Jesus says this, you unbelieving and perverse generation to his disciples. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. (laughs) Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to, the, to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. God wants us to have faith. Faith. This is faith as small as a mustard seed, but I've got to tell you, for me, it's, it's big faith. Big faith. I don't, I've never prayed to a mountain and had it move. I just want to put that out there. I've never said to whatever this mountain is behind us, I think you should move over, or Mount Stewart or whatever. I think Castle Hill and Mount Stewart should swap places and believe that it could happen. But I want to talk to you about faith because you've got to have faith, 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 
I got to have. Anyway, got to have faith in your life. Big faith. Ready? Yeah, big faith. There you go. Now, I was thinking about big faith tonight. And I had some other words. Uh, bold. Daring. I looked up the thesaurus. Um, fearless. Intrepid. Brave. Unafraid. Unflinching. Courageous. Valiant. Heroic. Adventurous. Enterprising. Dynamic. Spirited. Gutsy. And I made up my own little acronym here. You ready? This is what I reckon we should have. Big, audacious, big, audacious, radical faith. Baff. Exactly. Baff. I want us to have faith that makes other people sick. Don't, don't you find that? There are some people that are just so positive, it's just sickeningly annoying. Does anyone know people like that in their life? Nothing gets them down there. Like a, I don't know, a ping pong ball in a toilet. You just can't flush it. They just, they just, they just stay there. Just won't get in. Anyway, faith. Um, and I think that's how we should be. We should have bath kind of faith. Big, audacious, radical faith. Faith that makes other people sick. Faith that says, despite our circumstances, despite what's going on, when everyone else says, are you crazy? You go, I don't know why, but I just know it's going to be okay. I don't care what my circumstances say. I just know it's going to be okay. I don't care what my, um, what's happening in my relationship world or whatever is happening. I'm, I'm trusting in God and I'm holding on. I'm going to have big, audacious, radical faith. I don't care what's happening in my finances. I might be bankrupt right now, but I am believing that God's going to get me out. I'm believing that somewhere in my future, I'm going to prosper in my world and my finances. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be stable. Not only that, I'm going to be able to be generous with my finances. I'm going to be able to be generous with my time. I'm going to get my life on track. I'm believing. I'm believing that in my workplace that I'm going to have big, audacious, radical faith. And no matter what circumstances say, I'm going to hold on to it. And I don't care what anyone else says. And you know what? I think sometimes our intelligence gets in the way, doesn't it? You know, you get, all the, the, get it all worked out and you just go, I just can't add up. It's not right just too smart for our own good. Sometimes I think we just need to put the, um, put the calculator away and say, God, I am trusting in you. I'm going to put my hope in you and not in the circumstances that are around me. I shared before that um, at the end of the culmination of my nursing um, degree, my final, very final exam was held in a pub and I'd made a promise to God I wouldn't go into a pub. Well, I went and approached my lecturers and said, I'm not, I'm got to say, I'm not going to hold my exam in a pub I've made a promise to God and I I'm not going to hold it there can you please find another venue for me I'll sit at another time anywhere else I'll sit it early I don't care and you know what my lecturer said to me she was a Christian lady too oh well if you don't sit it you fail you know what I can tell you without a word of a lie all my family my family ministers they said are you nuts why would you do that? Why would God bring you all this way to have it end all of a sudden? Everyone was telling me, just sit the exam in the pub. It's not a pub at that time. 
And I said, I just knew it wasn't right. And you know what? I had every piece in the world that it was going to be okay. Now, it's very easy to um, give positive examples um, as a spe as speaker out the front, but not all my examples are always positive. But in this circumstance, I just knew it would be okay. And you know what? They came back to me and they said, actually, we've had some other people have a similar issue, um, some other Muslim um, girls, and um, so we've found another venue for you. I just knew that if I held on to what I'd promised to God, that he would be faithful. I had big, audacious, radical faith. And my family didn't understand it. The people in my very life that should have understood did not understand. But it doesn't matter who understands or what or how tough the situation gets. Hold on to your faith. It brings resilience. It's like a muscle. You know, when you work your muscles... As you can tell, I haven't worked mine too much. If you follow me on Facebook, I've just restarted my uh, 22 push-up challenge for uh, post-traumatic stress disorder amongst the veterans. We did it. Um, a bit a little embarrassed. I had a three-day gap there. So, oops. So I'm back on. I think I've started day one. I'll call this day one. This is day two. But, um, but faith is like working a muscle. I talked to you about it before, that when you're running a race, the point at which you would normally stop, when you push past it, next time you keep going. And you keep going, you push past it. Faith, you work faith like a muscle. I'll test it in the small things and again, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you become quite resilient in God's strength as you believe and you hope and you put your hope in him that God will provide. I can trust God. Matthew 9. 18 to 22. If you've got your Bibles there, you can follow along as well. Matthew 9, 18 to 22. I can't see. How bad's my eyesight? Huh? There you go. Okay, Matthew 9. Okay. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died. A synagogue leader. A church leader. My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Now, just skip ahead, because he gets sidetracked a little bit by um, another woman here. And then, actually, let's read it. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Can I just say that, I wasn't going to go to this one, that is a massive step of faith. Do you know what she's saying there? The Jews believed that on a rabbi's um, shawl, the little tassel things, um, they believed that the Messiah, this is a prophecy from um, Malachi, that um, the tassels, healing was in his wings. The tassels were the wings, the, the, the satsat or something like that. Um, when she touched his tassels, she was saying, you're the Messiah. You are God and you can heal. You provide. So she grabs it and she is healed. Jesus turned and saw her and said, Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Jesus then goes on. 
When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and he saw a noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away, the girl is not dead but asleep. If you've got your Bibles there, what happens next? But they, what was that? They laughed at him. Here's this crowd mourning and weeping and crying and banging all these instruments, playing these things. And he says, hold on to your faith. She's okay. She's not, she's not dead. She's, she's just asleep. You know what they did? They laughed. I wonder if you've ever had a big, audacious, radical belief in something that you really believe God is going to come through and people have laughed at you. Well, I want to tell you that Jesus always gets the last laugh. So after the crowd had been put aside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread through all the region. Jesus will have the last laugh. Big, audacious, radical faith. Faith so big you don't understand it. I can tell you now, honestly, my wife has a little bit of this. And at times she has let, led me to believe way more than I ever would have believed. When I probably say, are you, are you insane? Did you really think that God can pull through on this one? Big, audacious, radical faith. I wonder if you've got people in your life like that. I wonder if you're thinking, what is this guy on about? This guy's I don't even... Is he talking French or something? I don't even know what he's saying out there. I just don't even understand what he's saying. I want to encourage you that there are people here in this church with big, audacious, radical faith. Rub shoulders with them. You want what they've got. I can tell you now. They have big, audacious, radical faith. Let it rub off on you. There are three things you can do to help you build faith. You can know... That God is on your side. God is on your side. God is the winning side. And God is by your side. God is on your side. He's not against you. He loves you. He wants to prosper you. He wants you to benefit. He wants you to, you know, have this abundant life. God is on your side. When you are going through tough times and you feel like giving up, you feel like you've been tripped up, you're struggling... You're running out of breath. God is on your side. He is not against you. He is for you. Number two, um, God is the winning side. He's not on the winning side. He is the winning side. And when you're on God's side, you're on the winning side. God is doing everything um, to bring about victory, whether you see it or not. If you feel powerless in the situation, I can tell you right now, God isn't there alongside of you going, oh yeah, what are we going to do? <laughs> this is... <sighs> Have we got a plan, plan B, Jesus? Oh, this is not looking good. Through to the keeper on this one. God is not overwhelmed by your problems. He's not. God is on the winning side. He is the winning side. He has the power and the desire to do something. Matthew 8, 1 to 4. 
When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. God not only has the power to heal you in your situation, he has the desire to heal you in your situation. And last but not least, God is by your side. When you go through your struggles, when you go through your pain and your suffering, God has not left you. Matthew 28, 20. I'm giving you these Bible verses because it's really important when you're struggling to, to, to remember what God says. Matthew 28, 20. The last things he says to his disciples. He says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Big, bold, audacious faith. God is with you. He's on your side. He's with you. And he is the winning side. He's the winning side. I want to give you one example of the greatest, big, audacious faith that's mentioned in the Bible. Matthew 8. You got your Bibles there? Flip over. Who's quick? Who's got it first? Matthew 8, starting at verse 5. This is the only time in the whole Bible that Jesus says he's amazed. God is amazed. Here it is. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him and asked for help. Now, a centurion, if you don't know, was a Roman. Jews, Romans didn't mix. In fact, the Romans were so horrendous to the Jews, they were brought in. There was this um, garrison of um, soldiers there, Roman soldiers there, to ki- and suppress the Jews. They'd been a, a pain in the neck for a very long time, and they'd been a thorn in Rome's side, and so they sent in this massive army of Romans to basically make sure they were suppressed. If they even got the hint that a Jew was slightly on the nose, a little bit rebellious, they could kill them in a glance. They could say to a man like Terry, Terry, I want you to carry my 100-kilo bag over here. Terry couldn't do it. And I think the Romans probably had a little bit of pleasure in doing that at times, just to let the Jews know who was boss. They weren't liked at all. In fact, the Jews, if, you, if um, anyone has Jewish heritage here or knows Jews, they are very um, patriotic. They know they're Jews. We are our own people. We are God's people. You don't tell us what to do. And they couldn't wait for Rome to get out. In fact, they kind of, in about another 60 years after this, they push the point and Rome gets, oh, you're, you're done, and wipes, wipes the place out. But, so this Roman comes to him. And I bet you wholeheartedly that the Jewish disciples of Jesus were going, what on earth are you even talking to this Roman about Jesus? Come on, you're a rabbi. They're our enemy. We don't talk to them. So, G- so he comes up to Jesus and he says, Lord, 
My servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and this one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, I have not found, found anyone in Israel with such great faith. This man saw Jesus, saw his healings, and knew that this man Jesus had power and authority. He didn't need to come and physically lay hands. That Jesus had something going on with him that was bigger than him. That there was a power above him that controlled things and Jesus had control over it. Jesus, you just say the word and I know my servant will be healed. Goes on to say that at that point, then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that point moment big audacious radical faith i wonder if you've got a situation in your life you need to do that come to jesus show faith i believe in jesus for you in this situation that you are going to come through there is a power in you that can change my situations when we lack faith it's a trust issue with God. If you're lacking faith that God will come through, that God loves you, that God um, can make a way, I want to tell you now it's a trust issue that you have with God. And it's a relationship issue. Because when we struggle with faith and believing in someone, it's a, it's a struggle with trust. We don't trust that God will come through. We don't trust that maybe he's powerful enough to do it. We don't trust that maybe he cares enough to do it. We don't trust that he, he's able or can or wants to. Maybe he'll do it for someone else. Does anyone ever sat on the sidewalk and gone, God seems to be doing it for everyone else, but uh, hey, over here, big fella, over here. I kind of need help. Drowning over here. Help. God likes everyone else, just not me. Maybe you think God has an agenda. Maybe you think he's like everyone else you've ever met in your life. He's got an agenda to this. He's going to come out great, but I'm going to come out fairly second best on this one. Not happy with that. That is not what God says. He says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. I want you to watch this video. I just don't. <laughs> I have an exercise that I think will really help. You. Oh, okay. Stand here and face this direction. Mm -hmm. Now, do you trust me? Uh, no, I just said I don't trust you. Right, well, this is all part of the exercise. Oh, all right. right. Okay. Whenever I ask you if you trust me, you say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Even though I don't. It's practice. Okay. So, do you trust me? Uh, yes, 
Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Are you gonna catch me? Don't worry about that part. Okay, that's the part I'm worried about. <laughs> you can do this, okay? Just trust me. Trust you. Fall back. Okay, well, Jesus, I trust Good. you. Yes, I do trust you. I'm gonna fall okay. back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. let's try this again. Just face this direction and keep your feet planted, all right? Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Okay, I'm gonna do it. All right. I'm really gonna do it. <laughs> Good. Ah! Oh, Jesus, you really caught me! I didn't think you were gonna catch me, but you did! Oh, that was great! <laughs> that was great! You're ready for level two! Level two, here yes. I come, baby! Woo! Whoa. <laughs> Okay, hold it. Oh, you know what? You're too close. You need to move back. Ah, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this one's a little bit different, Laura. Oh, okay. Uh, stand here. Uh-huh. But face me. Oh, forward fall. Okay. I can do that. Wait. Whoa. Okay. Um, wait for my signal. Oh, right. The Jesus signal. Yes, the okay. Jesus signal. Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus. I trust you so much. Good. Fall back. That's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> Especially when you do it. Seriously? Of course. Okay, Jesus, I don't know if you noticed this, but there is nobody over there. I know it looks that way to you. It looks that way. It is that way. You can do this, Laura. Just trust me and fall back. Jesus, I can't do that. We can do it together. I can't. You can. I won't. I wonder what your life would look like if you had big, audacious, radical faith. That you could trust that God would come through. Do you trust that he was on your side? That you could trust that he could do what he says he could do. That you can trust that he is who he says he is. A loving, generous, faithful God. I wonder what our lives would look like, what our church would look like, what our communities would look like, what your life would look like if you had big, audacious, radical faith without barriers that you could just leap over the barriers. The sort of faith that said, with Christ, I am more than a conqueror. The sort of faith that said, with God, all things are possible. Big, audacious, radical faith. I want the team to come back up. Big, audacious, radical faith. And I have got to say, it's all about trust. If you don't think God has got your back, you, you, that faith stuff doesn't happen. You know, one of the things I've been starting to do in my Bible and morning is um, I'm writing prayer points in the back. I've never done that. I'm not much one for writing in the Bible. I've always feel like it's a bit holy, you know, but writing. I've just started writing in the back because... Um, 
I want to encourage myself that as I run the race of life and I look back and I see the things that were hurdles that were achieved, that God came through and to celebrate them. And I wonder now if you're struggling with your faith, if there are moments in your life that you can look back and celebrate and say, you know what? I might, might be feeling a bit unsteady now, but as I look back on my life, I can see God came through there, there, and there. And God, if you can come through there, I know we're going to be okay up here. Big, audacious, radical faith. And it starts with trusting God. I can trust God in the future because I can trust him in the past. I wonder if, um, as the team plays, I wonder if you've got something that you need to trust God with. You're like that woman, you're standing there and you're not willing to fall back because you just don't know if you can trust God. And as I said, it's about relationship with God and you might not even actually have a relationship with God. That's okay. This might be the time where you say, actually, God, I need to get to know you. I don't know that I can trust you, but I, I want to get to know you. And the other thing too is that we have testimonies. Thea, Kim, Lloyd. Got lots of testimonies here of people who can say and stand up and testify that God has been there for me in the past. And I know that he will be there for you. Sponge off their faith. They are saying you can trust God. So God, as we come right now, we want to be able to trust you. We know that there are things in our future that require us to have big, audacious, radical faith. The sort of faith that others won't understand, our family won't understand, our workmates won't understand. Big, audacious, radical faith. God, there is things in our future that we are going to need faith steps to jump over. And we know that with you, they are possible. So God, right now, mend this relationship that we have with you. We want to be able to trust you. We want to be able to trust you, God. So as we hand our lives over to you, we are believing that you have the best for us, that you have a plan for us, that you are the winning team. And that you are walking beside us every day. You have not left us alone. You are working there for us, for our success, for our families, for our life. So God, right now, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would move. Work in our lives on our trust and our faith. I want to hand our lives over to you. Hand our problems over to you, those hurdles, believing that you have an answer.